I think if we consistently think of our mission as trying to reverse the church decline that's happening in in the West, you know, predominantly in Europe, but also we're seeing that in, in America, then you do tend to have almost this like negative uh, mobilization, you know, into mission. Like, you know, so sometimes it's like, you know, we need yeah. to win back the culture or, you know, there are less people going to church today. And it's important to understand those things. But um, I think what really draws people into mission it's this idea that Jesus is a really already run, right? We're, we're partnering with him in bringing the kingdom uh, right. uh, to, to you know, our communities. Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me, Noah Odom and Hayden Radden, as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas, as we seek to add value to your church planning journey. We'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planner and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Welcome to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate in St. Louis, joined as always by Hayden Ratner, senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Dahadi's out today, but we have very special guest, Daniel Yang the director of the Send Institute in the Chicagoland area. Daniel, welcome. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me, man. man. I'm a big fan of the both of you guys. So, oh, man. Yeah. It's a blessing man. to have you in the house, man. That's, that's, uh, that's humbling to hear. Daniel, you have, um, man, you've been a guy that's been at the edge of the missiological movement. There, there's so much that you're studying all the time. You're engaging with thought leaders. But man, before we get into all of that, man, you've gone through a season mm -hmm. this last season. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I would love, if it's cool, just for us to talk a little bit about what God's been doing in your life and just what God's teaching you right now in this season. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, this may be the most relevant thing that I'll talk about today on this episode. Yeah. Um, Three months ago, so you know, today is the beginning of August. So three months ago, on May fourth, I had a heart attack. Now I'm I'm 41 years old. Wow. Um, and so, uh, really, no major signs. Um, that weekend, I had preached uh, a couple of different services. So, I was probably more tired than usual. Uh, it was May fourth. Woke up, and that's when I, you know, had my heart attack. Ten days later, I was in the hospital and uh, was having a quadruple heart bypass. Wow. And um, it's one of those things where, you know, um, it was a catalyst moment for something. I had a profound moment in the hospital when the Lord was speaking to me about priorities, mm -hmm. about the integration of the physical and the spiritual mm -hmm. and the mental. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of um, questions that I had coming out, and I still do. It's only been three months uh, about, you know, what are the things that only I can do? Mm. Um, versus what are the, some things that I'm doing that other people can do? Mm. And I'm not just talking about daily tasks or, you know, but, you know, what is it that God's really honed me through experience, through providence, um, and through passion that I can do that others can't do? And how do I focus on that? So it's been a catalyst for that. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, I'm in the, I feel like the Lord is speaking a sentence and he's halfway through. So I don't mm. feel like I've gotten the full word from sure. him yet. Sure, sure. But I also, uh, it's, he's got my attention. Mm. And I, you know, uh, Hayden, you and I were talking yesterday. Uh, and I really do believe that life is about hearing the Lord and obeying. Mm. And I'm in a season of just hearing the Lord. And right. I feel like that should be every day, right? It, yeah. shouldn't, re it shouldn't require yeah. a heart attack yeah. for that to, to yeah. happen. Uh, but as we talk about like the future of the church, we talk about the future of our churches, it still comes down to me. It's less about the strategy that you know how to put together. It's about right. what's the Lord doing right now? How do you hear his voice? And how do you trust him? 
in order to move forward in obedience. And so wow. that, that's where I'm at. Man, yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. So just so our audience knows, tell us a little bit of your story in, in the church, in church planting, and now what brought you to Send Institute. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I never thought I was going to be a church planter or, or a pastor. I was an engineer. Um, and long story short, I went through a series of life events and struggles that landed me uh, in seminary. And it's about a year and a half into seminary that I figured, you know what, maybe there's a vocational change. So um, I uh, became mentored by uh, a guy named uh, Bob Roberts uh, that leads a church out in Keller, Texas called Northwood. And Bob is uh, just an amazing church planning leader. Yeah. And he invested, uh, continues to invest in me. He's a beast. Oh, man. Yeah, goodness. Um, and so um, I left my engineering job in Detroit, came on, I took an intern salary uh, at Northwood, uh, and uh, he uh, stayed, stayed with him on staff for about three years. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it was it was a great opportunity to, to actually do ministry in different ways because Bob is so involved in 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 the world and uh, just thinking the, the global. Right. Yeah. It's the local and the global and the uh, the interaction with people of different faiths. I mean, that all shaped me yeah. so much. Uh, and so that that was a part of us selecting a city. Uh, that was Golco, that mm. was both North American but also global. So we ended up planting uh, a beautiful church down downtown Toronto, mm, and um, we uh, it was, a, it was a, it's an amazing church. It's led by Mike Seaman now, who planted with us, and uh, just being able to live out some of the things that we were mentored by Bob to do, yeah. uh, and to live you know both church multiplication, you know, and one of the things that Bob taught us really early on is that. Uh, you have to plant your church with reproduction in mind. And mm, so great. just immediately, you know, and we I remember our first intern, God bless him. Uh, he, it's like your first child, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sure. like we made all of our mistakes with our first church planning intern. And then we ended up planting three churches, uh, you know, um, in that five year period. But it was one of those things where it's like, man, you just, you just have to do what you know to do and trust the Lord with the rest. And so I think he allowed our mistakes with our church planning internship uh, to really flourish into, you know, a reproducing church in, wow. in downtown Toronto. So yeah. that's great, man. Yeah, you were there. And then what brought you to Send Institute? Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, I felt a, a call from the Lord. Uh, I can go through this story and it's it's really the Lord's providence. But uh, I felt the call to do a PhD mm. and uh, in missiology or intercultural studies. Mm. And so um, it was really through a profound, uh, you know, I, I use the word revelation very loosely, but somebody had a, just, they had really spoken into our lives and wow. saying that this was the right season to yeah. pursue a PhD. Issue was that I was on a visa uh, as a pastor in Canada, so mm. I, I wasn't able to be a student and a pastor. Um, and so we worked through the process of what does it look like? I mean, can do we need to leave the church? And long story short, um, uh, Jeff Christofferson, who was the uh, vice president of Senate Work at the time, so good. and uh, Ed Stetzer, they were thinking already, working with Kevin Ezell on um, this idea of creating the Senate Institute, which would really be a place of learning, a think tank, a place to interact with those who lead different kinds of church planning organizations. And so they caught wind that I was potentially leaving Toronto yep. and uh, gave me a call and said, hey, would you consider coming down to Chicago? I said no two times. You know, it was one of those wow. things where it was going to like, you know, I mean, you don't really say no to, you know, Ed Stetzer and Jeff Christofferson, but I, I just wasn't sure about the move. I was, a, I'm a local, local church pastor. I'm a practitioner. Sure. Uh, and although I wanted to dabble in missiology, I still felt felt like on the ground level is where I, where we were gifted to be. Mm. But then again, uh, it really comes down to what did the Lord say, and uh, how do you trust Him and move forward in obedience? And so, 
you know, our family fasted for three weeks and the Lord on the other side of that, I did the most spiritual thing than any church planter or any pastor could do. I turned to my wife and I said, hey, so what should we do? Yeah. And uh, she says, well, I know you're supposed to do your PhD, but I don't know if you can continue to, to pastor the church. And so that's when uh, we transitioned. I accepted the position. Uh, and uh, man, it's been an amazing four ride, uh, oh, wow. four year ride. Yeah, yeah, that's really neat. And you have so much history in pastoring, planting, body life, listening and obeying. And and now on this other side, you're you're a studier of the church. You're a studier of mission, missiology. Talk to us about what are some of your findings mm. today. We're in this. Really, I think. I wouldn't even use the word post-pandemic. Sure. You know, I think that's accurate, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and the church is still advancing, um, but maybe it looks different in different places. And mm. what are some of the things that you're seeing? What, what do you think listeners, viewers should be thinking about right now when it comes to disciple-making, planting mm -hmm. effectively in their context? What are some of your findings? Yeah, you know, some of the things that we have learned in the midst of the pandemic that I that I hope will move forward and, yeah. and carry forward is uh, we all learn how to do uh, to be the body of Jesus in a decentralized fashion. Yeah, mm. albeit a lot of that was digital. Mm. Uh, but this idea that, uh, and again, I'm, I am by no means opposed to the large corporate gathering. I think it's beautiful. I think we need to have that. We need sure. to to bring that, uh, you know, uh, you know, back into focus in, in terms of some of our ministries. But what I uh, what we learned to do over the last you know it's been almost two years now I guess the last year and a half at least is we learn how to do leadership uh, pastoral care um, and community interaction in sure. um, a decentralized fashion. Now we we haven't perfected it you know mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of us we struggled through it. Um, right. The temptation is going to be to rush to figure out the ninety minute slot on a week weekend again, right. and um, and although I, I I really think that that's important for us to to get back to that, what I uh, hope that our churches don't do is lose that decentralized um, you know understanding of the church, the church mobilized, the church mm -hmm. on the streets, because that really is I think in some ways. Um, a part of reimagining the church of the future. And I think about this, uh, you know, the way that we plant churches and even the way that we have church was largely influenced by, you know, some of my heroes, you know, Rick Warren being one of those. Sure. I mean, but if you think about Saddleback, I mean, he planted Saddleback in 1980. And mm -hmm. so that was, what, what is that? I mean, over 40 years ago. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, uh, and there's so much about what he has done mm -hmm. that we need to continue to move forward and the things that, you know, that he innovated and others like him innovated that we should continue to learn and build off of. But at the same time, the future is so much different than it is in 1980. Right? Sure. There's something that, about the future of, you know, our now right now that's so much different from 1980 that I think, you know, there is not a, back, a best practice for the future. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. the, the, the future is created. Um, and again, it's created in partnership. Like God will have his way and our most, uh, you know, our, our listening posture mm -hmm. should be our best missiological hermeneutic. Right. And wow. so, uh, Say it's that a, one more time for those, yes. those who need to hit the 15 second rewind. Yeah. Yeah. That was a word. Yeah. When we're talking about like missiology and what's happening around the future, it really is our listening posture. You know, what's right. the Lord doing? You know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a passage in Chronicles where uh, it talks about, you know, um, David's, his, 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 he had a, a wise group of people that are trying yeah. to discern the times. Yeah. Wow. And um, I think in some ways, uh, sometimes the Lord is doing something that seems very different than 
our previous church growth paradigms. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that's not to say that those paradigms are coming to an end. It just means that the iteration of it is going to change. And for us yeah. to be able to to uh, to catch up with that, uh, it's not a matter of uh, sitting down and planning things out, but it's really saying, okay, what's the next step, Lord? And you know, and I love what we're doing here at Send Network because. Sure. We're not saying it's about a model. We're not right. saying that it's about a particular um, mm -hmm. approach to ministry. We're saying, how do we equip uh, women and men in the best ways possible to live out their call? And uh, and that's going to look different from this person to this person. Some folks are going to do networks of missional communities. Some people are going to do a large launch model. Um, and I think collectively, we're going to find that God is moving in new ways that we can just sit down and design ourselves. Yeah, yeah I love that. You never assume that the pattern is the same as it was That's right. last year or even in the yeah. 80s. Sure. Yeah, this, this last season, I saw for myself as a pastor planter and a lot of people around me in St. Louis and then across the country meeting and uh, caring for planters, is I think that issues like the pandemic, situations culturally like that are going on, they can do one of two things. They can either make us uh, proud and arrogant about what we think we figured out, this mm. is what we need to do, sure. or it can make us... Uh, humble and meek yeah. in this posture. One of the things I love about Daniel is Daniel's really smart. You don't have to be yeah. around him very long. Like sure, this sure. dude's smart. And he just dropped, you know, missiological hermeneutic on us. Um, right. I like that. There's a lot of syllables there. And um, love that. But what I said to him yesterday, even I said, man, just I appreciate your meekness because you say these things to me, but you don't make me feel stupid Great. about like not understanding. And I think I want to encourage planters in that posture to follow that mm. example mm. of we want to be those people who are discerning the times, who know like this is what the Lord's called maybe just my church to yeah. or my group of churches to, and we're going to go full force, but to realize that it's God's thing. He's right. doing totally. something. So we approach that with meekness and humility, with boldness for sure, but this meekness to say, yeah. man, what what God, what might God be doing in the next season, in the next season? Yeah. And I think you have to... you. Ha when you have a mentality of listen and obey, which mm -hmm. is something I've heard you say multiple times, you, it keeps you in that meekness. It keeps you in that that humble posture. And and it's like that John 10. I, somebody recently asked you, Daniel, what, what does success look like in ministry? And you said really quick, it looks like listen and obey. Mm -hmm. uh, as a son, as a daughter of the mm -hmm. king, um, can you can you just talk a little bit about um, just maybe what what influenced you toward that? You mentioned, Bob, you mentioned mm -hmm. the different seasons in your life. It seems like God has been kind to just keep you in front of high-capacity, kingdom-focused leaders. How did that listen and obey principle get installed in, in your spirit, in your heart? Yeah, man, man, I, I wish we had 30 more minutes or an hour to really unpack <laughs> all of that. Sure. You know, again, as I look back about uh, on my own life, and uh, you know, we all should do that. I think it's worth reflecting. That's good. Uh, consistently, Lord, how, how did I grow up? You know, what, who are the influential people in my life? Because in different seasons, you pull from different uh, eras of your your past, and wow. and Jesus helps you to reimagine why that had to be. You know, so I, I come from a refugee immigrant background, and. I'm in a season where I, I get to understand a little bit more of why that might have happened or what the Lord wanted to do, you know, with my family's background. Wow. And so as I think also about mentors and I think about, you know, those who have come into my life like the Bobs, um, I also think about how, you know, um, I was an engineer by trade. So I was an engineer for nine years before I became a vocational pastor. Great. And, you know, Bob looked at me not because he saw somebody who was going to be, you know, a pastor or a church planter. He saw that I was an engineer and that's what he valued in me. And so that's mm -hmm. what mentors would 
typically do is yeah. they'll value what's already happening in your life versus you know the agenda that they might have for you. Mm. And I think those are the worthwhile mentors uh, that are you know uh, worthwhile following. That's great. And uh, so you know folks uh, like Bob uh, and I've had some uh, other pastors, Pastor Vang, who's a, a huge influence in my life who, you know, uh, is a bit crazy and was kind of, you know, he was one of those guys where, you know, you you um, you ask for forgiveness and not for permission, right? And so, yeah. uh, which, you know, sometimes when you're doing entrepreneurial things, you just kind of have to create a pathway and you make mistakes. And and so I think I look back on uh, those influences in my life and they definitely have shaped me. But Hayden, to get to your point, um, I don't think I've ever made a major life decision where I felt like, and this is just me in my journal or in my Bible, where I felt like I really received a word from the Holy Spirit. Like, I mean, now it's not always, it doesn't always come with certainty, sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um, I once heard that if you got 75% of the information, you got enough to make a decision on. But there have been really profound moments in my life that have changed the trajectory of my life where all I can explain was I'm just trying to be obedient to the Lord as best as possible. Um, and so whether that was leaving engineering as a career, whether that was planting a church in Toronto, uh, whether that was pursuing, you know, missiology, uh, it really has l been less of a professional and academic endeavor, mm. and it's been more of uh, living out spiritual disciplines in my yeah. life. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, so even the whole concept of learning to hear God, uh, what, that was a journey for us. I grew up in a denomination where we did value the work of the Holy Spirit, but very similar to, you know, um, some of our circles, like the Trinity was God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. And wow. so, um, you know, for me, it was uh, an adult uh, journey of learning to have a relationship, you know, with God the Father through the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that that was a game changer for a lot of the things that eventually became a part of my vocational call. Um, and you think about, you know, what Pentecost was really about. What was Pentecost really about? Or, uh, Acts chapter 2. And it was really, you know, uh, trusting in the Lordship of Jesus and then uh, coming under the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit as not just as an individual, but as a collective body mm. so that we can move forward with the, the mission, right? Yeah. right. And I, I think that pattern doesn't change, right? Yeah. And it, it happens to different people in different ways. But if we're trying to do mission without the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit, then we're, we're going to be dead in the water. Wow. I, I've been learning practically over the last you know, 10, 15 years of my life, what does that look like for me? That's yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Strong. When I think about missiology and missiologists that I listen to and learn from a lot, um, it, there's often this prophetic gift in the sense of being able to see. Sure. It's the, it's it's foretelling what is in order to foretell what might be, mm. and a lot of times that can come off negative mm -hmm. because you're like you're looking at the problems, and I'm more of a realist. People might say a pessimist, and so <laughs> I, that sells for me. But what I found over the years is the best-selling are the missiologists that sell me hope. Mm -hmm, that in the right. midst of all that is and all that might become, where's God in all this? And mm -hmm. so this last question, I would love to hear from you as a missiologist. You're studying this. You're having conversations everywhere. What are you most hopeful about the next era for the church? However you would define that. Yeah, uh, man, there's so much. I mean, there's so much hope there. Uh, you know, I, I, I think if we consistently think of our mission as trying to reverse the church decline that's happening in in the West, you know, predominantly in Europe, but also we're seeing that in, in America, then you do tend to have almost this like negative uh, mobilization, you know, into mission. Like, you know, so sometimes it's like, you know, we need yeah. to win back the culture or, you know, there are less people going to church today. And it's important to understand those things. But um, I think what really draws people into mission 
It's this idea that Jesus is a really already run, right? We're we're partnering with him in bringing the kingdom right. uh, to to you know our communities, and so you know I mean the 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 forward hope um, you know N.T. Rice uh, N.T. Wright talks about like that that surprised by hope. Mm, it's yeah. it's the idea that you know um, that there is going to be you know uh, life after uh, life after death, and it's really important for us to live from that reality. And so you know practically what that means is that uh, I love that you know although we see racial tension, I love that in the midst of that wrestling, what God is doing is he's building a beautiful, right. uh, you know, uh, diverse church. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are different voices uh, from different parts of, you know, uh, segments of uh, America and from the globe that are really influencing the conversation like uh, sure. no other before. When I think about what's happening in a very, you know, narrow segment in, in the North American church, it could get discouraging. When we look at what God is doing across the world, mm. you know, and we think about what's happening in Iran, we think about what's happening in different parts of Asia. Uh, it's so exciting, and it's like you know, it's time for us to you know ch- champion what the Lord is doing there as well yeah. as ask the Lord to continue to do that here. So the global church, the diverse church, and then lastly, uh, you know, and I'm I'm really just going through Acts chapter two when Peter is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when he's when he's uh, when he's quoting Joel chapter two, yeah. right? When he's when he talks about you know young men will dream dreams and old men uh, old men will have visions. And he'll pour out his spirit on, you know, both servants and daughters and sons. And like that is happening. Like, and if you can't get excited about that, uh, then it's hard to be on like, you know, to be, you know, a, a, a realist about like the kingdom coming. But that promise that he's given to us, like that happens every day. Like I love seeing men and women mobilized into mission yeah. and to live out their dreams. And God continues to do that. And that excites me to do the work that I continue to do and the work that we're doing at Send Network. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I know we're about to close and we're hitting that that time, but give us a little bit of prophetic vision for this upcoming NBA season. <laughs> what are you excited about? I know you gotta be excited about these Lakers. Oh, they keep adding man. pieces every week. You know, I grew up, uh, Detroit is a far stretch still, but, you know, they had a pretty decent draft. Um, Man, I don't know. I hope Giannis goes back to back. I'll be honest with you. Wow. I'm not hating on LeBron or I love Melo and I think uh, Westbrook is deserving, but I just want to see Giannis go back to back. Keep it going. The Greek freak. Yeah, yeah. That's great, man. Well, if there's uh, any other thing that's sure that then Jesus will build his church, it's that... LeBron will do anything to win a championship. (laughs) So, hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. Uh, Good to have you, Daniel, on the podcast. Good Good to be together with you, Hayden. If you want to know more information about planting with the Send Network, you can check us out at sendnetwork.com, or you can text the phrase Send Network to 888-123. That's Send Network, 888-123. Until next time, We Are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Send Network a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.